0: I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of healing and spiritual work using their unique gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth in the world. On this episode, I welcome the midlife wellness goddess, Vanessa Nixon. Vanessa is a traditional naturopath. She's also a belly dance instructor and the CEO of Natural Look Makeup. Vanessa's work is based on natural support for women in midlife who want to feel vibrant and confident to step into this next phase of their lives, feeling energized to make the impact they are meant to make. She does this by combining three different sectors, which are natural beauty and skincare, natural health and wellness, and natural dance and movement. Vanessa's work is incredibly inspiring and also comforting to help women know that moving into midlife and beyond is not the end, it's really just the beginning. Vanessa and I have an incredible conversation about the benefits of natural dance and movement, the experience of menopause and the stigma around it, the path forward as to how we can move into a society that more so embraces aging, rather than shames it or tries to deny or conceal it, and how to really come into our own natural beauty in a healthy and creative way. This conversation is so encouraging, very exciting. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Whitney. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for, for joining me. And I'm really excited to, to have you here today and to get to hear even more about... I've heard quite a bit about the work that you do. Vanessa and I met through the business coaching program that we're d- both doing. And we, we often will present some of the, the work that we're focusing on or event that we have coming up. And the work that you're doing is is so incredible. And I'm so excited for for people to get to hear more about it and to hear more about it myself. So Vanessa, you are a traditional naturopath and you're also a dance instructor and the CEO of Natural Look Makeup. And as well, you're an advocate of helping women navigate midlife naturally. So all of this really kind of seems to stem from your, your profession as a, a naturopath. So it seems from what you've described your with your work, you're really looking to help women really reach a place of, it seems balance and peace with themselves in many different regards with the way they express themselves through movement, with the way that they get to, to look and feel and the way that they sort of experience their health. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
1: That is a, a very um, lovely and succinct way to describe it. And I, um, I really do feel like health is more than just your physical health. It encompasses your mental health. It encompasses your emotional health, your spiritual health, as well as your physical health. And there's so many areas in our lives that weave together to form a healthy lifestyle. And my work really focuses on empowering women to be able to do that for themselves, to be able to take charge of their own health and their own lives so that they can do what they're meant to do in this lifetime and to be able to share their talents and their gifts and live their passions while feeling really healthy about all of these areas of their lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I was really intrigued when when you shared that your focus is on midlife and women moving into, you know, sort of the, the second part of their their lives where really there's so many things that are to our advantage, which is we have gained all the wisdom of our first, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of life. We've learned what works for us, what doesn't. We've tried a lot of different ways. And I just love that you're, it's really inspirational that you're sort of sharing and, and inspiring people to know that the best can be yet to be the best is still to come for a lot of women as they get to know their bodies better as they get to treat their bodies better and therefore have better results in how they feel how they look and their quality of life
1: yes absolutely and i think that um, a lot of women get stuck in that exact place because our society has conditioned us for so many generations now To think that once you hit menopause, once all of these changes happen in your body, it's all downhill from here. You know, your life (laughs) is basically over. (laughs) And I really. It is. It is crazy because, as you said, the best is yet to come. And that's the, the reframe that I want to help take women through is that this can be the most powerful time of your life because of menopause, because of the changes that we go through and the shifts that we make. Those are all something that we can use to bring forth our most powerful and potent gifts and make the impact that we really want to make in the world.
0: Totally. And this is why I'm, I'm so excited to have you on the show, because this is such a big part of what I hope to you know, really encouraged through my work with Women Waken is the idea that in generations to come, my hope is that this is the exact shift that we see in the next decade, in the next generations is that women come to embrace or all people come to embrace that life can only can be seen as getting better as we get older and as, as, we're able to embrace and step into our essence and into our, our highest selves, because we're constantly learning and growing, um, rather than this, because, you know, this mentality is pretty dangerous that we have, which is just, as you spoke to that, you, you better enjoy life when you're young, because it's all downhill after you reach what, like, I mean, it, you can even say as young as like 40. I, I remember being in my late twenties and my friends would turn 28 and they would say, Oh man, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting old. (laughs) I was like, we're 28. (laughs) We're so young. How is old? Getting old is such a stigma. It's so stigmatized and it's devastating because I think people really, their, their feelings about themselves start to diminish as they feel that sense of becoming elderly or old. And that's, I think it is damaging and dangerous to have
1: that. Absolutely. I think it is very damaging. And I think that in the last 10 or 15 years, we have just started to see women feeling comfortable talking about menopause. In the past, it was very taboo. You don't talk about menopause, which meant that our grandmothers and mothers weren't talking to us as children about what menopause is, what to expect, how to how to navigate gracefully and joyfully through this period, you know, we're kind of going into a blind. And I think that's one of the reasons why it can be such a challenging period for a lot of women. They don't have that support that used to, you know, many, many centuries ago, and sometimes still in more traditional societies, that support comes from, your village, it comes from your grandmothers and your mothers. And so when you do reach that stage, you understand how powerful it is, but we don't have that. And so I think that now that we're just beginning to see women talking about this now and spreading this support, this idea that just like this business community that we are in together, we as women need support. It's how we're designed. Um, We're meant to be in community together and to collaborate together. And this is another thing that I want to share with women is that as we are going through these changes in our lives and experiencing challenges, we need support. It's how we're built. And so reaching out for support is not a sign of weakness. It's actually playing into our strengths as women. So I really want women to understand that it is important to talk about menopause, to talk about our challenges, and to use the support wherever we can find it. Definitely. And to what you just said, it it made me
0: think of the concept of a tribe. You know, I often feel in the circle that we're in, it's the business mastery circle, and it feels like we're connecting in a community space in sort of an old sort of village style experience where you feel like you're sharing your gifts with one another. There's, there's not those sort of undertones of competition so much. It's more of collaborating and supporting one another and saying, Hey, I see your vision and I see what you're working to achieve. And let's, I want to hold that vision for you. And I want to support you. And as you will support me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I see that, that that's something that we can do with health as well as in business is create these communities where we are there for one another and we see the, the health goals that, that, we sh- that we share and that we can support with one another. And we build these spaces, these containers and these communities where we can hold that space together and support one another as we reach our health goals, which then in turn, support us to reach all of the other goals that we have in life and all of the other ways that we want to make an impact.
0: Yeah. And support each other through transitions, which um, menopause is a a transition. It's a, it's a rite of passage, you know, of life. It's it's a beautiful time. And just as you said, it's a time that, you know, we, we need to support and come together with one another to, while we do this. And what, what came to mind for me is that, Rather than that, I feel like what what more women experience now is a sense of isolation, but also maybe some shame around going through menopause. And I was thinking how you know menopause is fairly similar to when women get pregnant, which is so often if a woman is is working or has a career, pregnant, you're really just trying to not be too disruptive, you're trying to not be too inconvenient, right? You don't want to inconvenient anyone because you're you're about to bring another you know, soul into this world, but you don't want to, you want to still be able to work and not have any issue, but you can't hide that you're a human with another human in your body, you know, which is, and it makes me think of menopause, which is when women go through that, we're not in any way told to celebrate or embrace it. We're also told to really kind of conceal it, keep that behind this. Don't let anybody know about this, not about the hot flashes, not about the disruptions and sleep and in your life, you
1: know, we're just kind of told to Exactly, exactly. Push through it on our own. Right. And what you just said reminded me of a conversation I had with a, a great friend of mine earlier today about how we as women are conditioned to not take up space. And what, what you just spoke to that in, in your reference to as you know, pregnancies, we're kind of taught to hide our pregnancies in work so that it doesn't inconvenience other people. And with menopause, you know, we don't want to inconvenience them with our hot flashes or, you know, what we need to do to keep ourselves comfortable while we're experiencing these shifts. And it comes down to the fact that we're told not to take up space. Yeah. That space is for other people and keep in our tiny little space. And what I want to say to that is, This is the time, as we are going through this journey in midlife, starting with perimenopause, which can start as early as 35, as our body starts making these shifts, um, you know, all the way through menopause and then post-menopause, is that this is the time to take up space. Mm -hmm. This is the time to feel empowered, And step forward into this next chapter of your life, standing in your power and taking up your space. And that means we need to normalize the conversation around menopause, around the challenges that we might be experiencing and how those challenges and overcoming them and all of the wisdom that we've gained in our lives can be brought forth now. And the other thing that I really want to just name about what you said was you called this time um, a rite of passage. And I really love that because when I work with women during their menopausal journey, one of the things that I like to do is to reframe menopause as a spiritual initiation into the most powerful phase of your life. And I think that that's a new concept for a lot of people Um, because it's been so taboo and so hidden. But I really believe that um, reframing this and acknowledging that all of the things that we're going through during this journey of midlife, this is our initiation. This is our spiritual initiation into making this the greatest time in our lives. We have the opportunity and we can take that opportunity or not but this, innate, it, this, this time is initiating us into this opportunity, which can be the most beautiful, the healthiest, and the most impactful of our lives.
0: And to see it as, as such an honor to reach that point. You know, I mean, it means you've lived yes. into the mid years of your life. And that's, that is an honor. It is an honor. It Um, is an honor,
1: absolutely, because 200 years ago, the average lifespan of a woman in the U.S. was 35.
0: Whoa.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's average. So so that meant that when a, a female was born 200 years ago, they could expect on average to live 35. Now, many of many women did live much longer and, you know, many Children died, you know, before they reached adulthood. But again, that was the average. And today, the average lifespan of a woman in the US is somewhere around eighty one or eighty two.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So we're living more than twice as long on average as we did two hundred years ago. so you're you're um, absolutely correct when you say it's an honor because so many women before us, did not have that privilege and that honor of even reaching menopause. Um, and so I love the idea of really celebrating that and acknowledging the honor that we have to be living not only through menopause, but so, you know many decades past menopause. Some women will actually live more decades past menopause than they did before menopause. And that is something that hasn't happened before in you know, in recent history. Um, And so we have a really huge opportunity to, to take all the wisdom, all of our experiences that we had before this time in our lives, and to really be able to put that out there in the world now, now that we um, maybe have more free time, because our children are grown and out on their own. Maybe we're at a point where we're changing careers or we're retiring from a first career. So a lot of changes are happening for women in midlife. It's very common to be having new relationships, to be having new careers, to be um, birthing new projects. And that kind of goes back to this, looking at this as these things are happening for you and not to, to you. Um, And I, I like to talk about how menopause signals the end of your reproductive years, where as a woman, we had all of this creative life energy that could, if we chose, be channeled into bringing new life into the world in the form of, you know, children. But now we still have that creative energy. We can just choose to channel that into birthing new projects you know, birthing new careers or new relationships or new communities. And that's, you know, one part of, of what this new phase of our lives gives us the opportunity to do is, you know, we have the time, we have the wisdom, we have the education, we have the experience to be bringing these new ways of being creative out into the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, those are so many
0: ingredients to something just so beautiful, truly authentic creation rather than, because the other thing about, I feel like the older you get, the more you get attuned and aligned with what you truly want. You know, I feel like people tend to, as they later in life, do less things just to please or align with others, but more so because it's what, you know, they feel most drawn to or what they feel most, you know, aligned with. And that's when, you know, our best work comes forward. I think in our our truest work, that's really coming from our hearts and from our, our highest intention.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, is one of the many gifts of menopause is that we don't really care what other people think anymore. <laughs> you know, we we have we've gone through those periods of being people pleasers and looking for approval and basing how we live our lives on other people's needs and and now it really is about a very clear focus on what we truly want and what we truly need to do moving forward and there's this again this opportunity to get really clear on who you are, who you wanna be, and tapping into our own inner wisdom and connecting with our intuition and bringing that forward into this phase of our lives and really living from our wisdom, from our inner wisdom, Mm -hmm. um, and, and walking through the next phase of our lives connected to our intuition and how we can bring that out into the world and benefit others and, you know, be of service through tapping in to our own clarity on what, what our gifts are, what our talents are, and, and how we can be of benefit.
0: Yeah. And I just love that because, you know, when you think about it, that's, you know, what we what we would hope is that we have sources of wisdom to turn to. And I think that a lot of the times, people don't really know who to turn to for for wisdom because we don't really value people in their later years all that much. In turn, as much as we should, older cultures, it was always the the elders that were seen as the elder council, the elder where you went for wisdom, and we don't really hold that to be true as much anymore. I don't think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that that's one thing that has definitely been lacking in our society. And it's true in more traditional cultures, they do revere their elders and they do revere the wisdom that is gained from living more lives more years in this lifetime. And I think that's definitely part of the work um, as women in these wisdom years is supporting each other and supporting our communities in the knowledge that there is so much so much that we can bring forward as elders in our communities and the more we the more we talk about menopause and the more we normalize that conversation and the more we support each other as wise women the more our younger generations will be exposed to that and and the more they will understand that it is again not a weakness to to go to uh our elder women for support and for for wisdom but but that's that's natural and normal and you know that's that's part of the whole uh cycle of nature that we have kind of cut ourselves off from in our society you know we're very disconnected from nature and, you know, that's one of the ways that I work with women in my programs is to get them connected with nature because nature, you know, works. There are cycles of nature, and we're part of nature, we're not separate. And our society's kind of disconnected us from that. Part of our work in becoming healthier is to connect back with nature and to understand those cycles. And how we are part of those cycles, and part of it is that as we age, as we get into our wisdom years, one of those opportunities is to to be a, a source of wisdom and support for the younger generations, as well as supporting each other. Completely, and and what a, a you know beautiful vision is
0: you know imagining. Young women coming into the world where they they really do look forward to the day where they are someday that elder, you know, that wise elder who has learned and grown and come into a place where they are too at peace with themselves and acceptance with themselves, you know, so rather because now it, it... you know, really feels there's just this mentality of people and women in particular kind of approach aging like a cat into water. It's like, they'll fight it at all. It's like, no, not that. <laughs> like Keep it away. And it's tragic because it's inevitable. We're all going to, we're all walking down that path. We can't fight it. And to think, what if you flipped the script on that? You know, what if we truly were like, oh gosh, I can't wait. Because what you spoke to, there's so much in your teens and your twenties and even into your thirties of man, the people pleasing and trying to figure out who we are and not let it be based on other people's opinions or other people's ideas and just being so, you know, into comparison. And it's just so hard to feel, you know, comfortable with yourself, I think, Mm -hmm. early on. And it seems like women get more comfortable with themselves as they get older. I know I have into my 30s is between 35 and 25 is, oh, it's like night and day.
1: Right. (laughs) Right, right.
0: And I would prefer 35 any day all the time. And just, you know, I would love to have that message from the time that girls are young to say, it's only going to keep getting better. It's going to keep getting better because you're going to be moving into that space of being more at one with nature and with cycles and understanding that the gifts of life and the process of life, the cycles of life, and not trying to fight it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Embracing it, you know, embracing what's coming as you know, an opportunity and a gift for you instead of trying to fight it. And that makes me think about one of the other areas of my business, which is, you know, natural movement. And I'm a a professional belly dance instructor. I've been a dancer all my life, but um, I didn't find belly dance until I was about 20 years old. And at that time in my life, as you alluded to, you know, I was very much into people pleasing and really like focusing on what other people thought about me instead of what i feel about me and i remember going in into my first belly dance classes i i would wear like three layers of clothing you know i i was very modest even though you know i i was always thin and in in fairly good shape i was just always concerned about what other people would think of me and after about six months of being in belly dance class, one of my classmates just kind of stopped, stopped dancing, like right in the middle of class and turned and looked at me and said, Vanessa, do you see yourself in the mirror? Do you see what you're wearing? And I looked at myself and I was in like just a little sports bra and you know little black bike shorts or something like that. And she said, do you remember what you used to come to class in six months ago? <laughs> You would wear these big, huge T-shirts and leggings with a a unitard underneath all of it, <laughs> and look at yourself now. And I hadn't noticed, but she was right. You know, just six months of belly dance had allowed me to be so much more accepting of myself and of my body, and and really to to just embrace how I was feeling in the moment, and how dancing really empowered me to connect to myself in a much deeper way through, through dance um, that no other form of dance had ever, had ever allowed me to do. And as I continued studying and practicing belly dance and I was a member of, of two professional belly dance troops, and, and now I have been in and a belly dance instructor for over a dozen years, and I see that same progression in almost all my students, no matter what age they are. Mm-hmm. Is that when they first come, you know, they're a little bit protective of themselves. That you know, they wear a lot of clothes. Some women don't even want to look at themselves in the mirror. They're so disconnected from their bodies, and within a, a few months. Suddenly, you know, they're shedding the layers of clothing and they're looking at themselves in the mirror and they're liking what they see and they're loving themselves just for for who they are. Because belly dance in particular connects you to your body, to different areas of your body that you may not even have felt before, to different muscle groups that you didn't even know you had And I think the reason that belly dance is so powerful in this way is it goes back to these traditional societies that we were talking about and how, you know, women had these communities that supported each other throughout all of their life changes. Belly dance was a traditional cultural dance that was performed only by women, only for women. And the dance itself tells the story of womanhood. The movements were created specifically for a woman's body to help her body go through the changes from first menarche to pregnancy through menopause. And so you're supporting your body physically with all of these belly dance movements. And it's the only form of dance that I know of that is so body positive. And that is so accepting of women's shapes and forms. All all bodies are welcome. All ages are welcome. And the movements are actually good for a woman at any point in her life.
0: Yeah. Wow, remarkable. I've never heard someone describe belly dance that way or dance in general. And it's just so true. I'm, I'm a dancer as well. I've been a dancer mm-hmm. my whole life. My mom was a professional ballet dancer. So I mm-hmm. grew up. I started with ballet. I was never very into ballet. It was too precise for me. It's a little too rigid. Um, I like sort of hip hop and jazz and all of that. But I I, you know, when I was dancing when I was younger, it can really be a struggle. And I specialize as a therapist working with um teens with eating disorders. And a lot of them are dancers. And I think, unfortunately, when you're at that age, your body is changing. And because of the you know, unfortunate messaging that we get that our bodies are supposed to look a certain way and not look another way, we it's so challenging to not get caught up in the mirror at that age. Whereas, as you describe, nowadays, for me, when I dance, it's just what you said. And it's new for me, is that I don't. I just feel well, one, I feel this draw to just move. And I think a lot lately about the power of movement. And I would love to incorporate that in my work someday because there's something about that connection with your body that's just so primal. And so you get out of your head a little bit and just recognize, oh my gosh, I have this incredible you know, mechanism that is my body, this incredible tool that's just so intricate and amazing. And but it's also just, you know, the feeling of moving and just seeing, you know, wow, look at what this body can do. You know, and there, and it's not about you know anyone needing to it to show up any certain way. It's just about being within it and experiencing that. Um,
1: yes, yes, that's so important. And you know, the the belly dance is my um, a very big way that I bring natural movement into my work. But also, as you said, just thinking about how does the body naturally move yeah. and how much movement are we actually getting in every day is as (laughs) simple as walking across the room or getting up from your chair or just doing the daily things that we do, but being more intentional about it and, and kind of acknowledging that there are ways these days that we move that aren't natural Mm. for our bodies. And there are ways that are natural and, you know, really focusing on those things. Like for instance, squatting, You know, in our society, we don't squat very often at all. And, uh, you know, many people can't, you know, they've gotten to the point in their health or their physical journeys where they can't squat. And in, you know, in more traditional societies, we see all the time that people are squatting on a regular basis. And that's so important, especially for us as women as we age to um, open up that, you know, our pelvis and practice. During your day and making sure that you know we get up from our desks and maybe we um take a five minute dance break or we even just take a five minute walk break if all we have is five minutes using that five minutes to bring movement into our life and I think you know a lot of a lot of us that work um in these ways, uh, refer to it as embodiment. You know, we're doing a lot of this emotional, spiritual work and one way to integrate that work and make sure that we're really bringing it into our lives is to embody it. And that can be as easy as after, you know, you have a session with your practitioner or your therapist or, you know, whoever you work with just shaking your body a little bit. You know, it can be as easy as that to just embody these new concepts um, and ground it into our physical bodies. Uh, So yeah, that's really important work. Yeah, because just as you said, it really brings
0: us back to reconnecting with our bodies because I think we do in our typical day-to-day life don't think that much about connecting with our body or getting, you know, bringing emotions through our body or when we're having emotions, seeing where it feels in our, you know, sort of somatic work, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, dance is such a great way to process emotions and get things, you know, get things out and work things through. And just again, feel, feeling something bigger than, you know, just your your typical, day-to-day experience when you're in your body, you're, you're, you're really kind of working things out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that ties in with mindfulness, you know, being present in the moment mm-hmm. and it ties in with stress reduction. Um, it ties in with, um, you know, just the physical aspect of getting your circulation going and getting your blood pumping, you know, it's kind of like the key that anchors, all of these various areas of health into into your life through your body and your movement.
0: And not to mention that my favorite thing about dance is that I think that when people are, I mean, you've, I'm sure you've been to like, you go to like weddings or there's a party where there's just like that, and there's just a certain energy where you can just tell that everyone's in it. They're in that where they're just, it's like their soul is expressing to me. Dance is literally your soul coming through it's what it, it, your soul really is just kind of releasing. And it's, it, that's what happens when you dance. And, you know, when there's a group of people in that space, it's, I mean, it's just sacred, it, you know, it's yes. really incredible when people are in that space and they're just letting their true soul expression come through. However, it looks, I always say it's very important to not make any comments about how someone danced. Cause it's, it's just their own unique stamp of <laughs> movement and expression.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that there's two pieces that you just touched on, and that is that dance is therapeutic because of those things that you just mentioned. And it's also sacred. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so powerful because it's the combination of both of those things.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is such an amazing conversation. And I feel like we could talk about just the movement part, but there's so much more that you do. So we're going to have to move on. What I would love to hear is how did your journey in natural healing begin? Where did this all start for you? Have you always been really attuned to, you know, did you, did you grow up in a more naturopathic family or when did this kind of come to your experience?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really great, great question because, um, no, I did not grow up in, in, um, in a natural health atmosphere, um, my mother was a nurse. And so I was very deeply entrenched in the conventional medical model. And I and I think that's, that is where my journey started because um, not only did I grow up entrenched in, in the more conventional health atmosphere, but I also grew up eating a lot of junk food. Nurses and doctors, have very little training in nutrition, even these days. It's, you know, sometimes they don't, they might have one course in nutrition in all of their training. But back then, there was nothing. And so, you know, I grew up on eating junk food, I grew up eating processed food, packaged food, a lot of fast food. And so by the time I was a teenager, I was getting sick a lot, I would catch every cold that came around. And uh, by the time I was about 15, every cold that I caught would turn into bronchitis. And so I had this chronic cycle of bronchitis that would happen probably about four times a year. And each cycle would take about eight weeks. So I was sick a lot more than I was well as a teenager. And I was given antibiotics Every time that I got sick. And so by the time that I was, you know, in my late teens, I was taking antibiotics every day, just every day for years. (laughs) And it wasn't, this continued into my 20s. And it wasn't until a friend of mine saw that I was taking antibiotics every day. And he asked me why I was doing that. And I told him the story and he said, well, is it helping? Nobody had ever asked me that question. In like six years of chronic illness, nobody had ever asked me if it was helping. And I had never stopped to ask myself that question. So that was a really pivotal point, which kind of opened my mind to the possibility that maybe there were other things I could do if this wasn't helping, maybe I should ask, is there, is there another way? And my friend said, well, when I get sick, I go to an herbalist. And if you're interested, I can, I can introduce you. So sure enough, a couple of weeks later, I got sick again. And I went to this herbalist who gave me a combination of herbs for respiratory illness. And what normally was an eight-week cycle was two weeks. I was better in two weeks. And that had never happened before. And I was hooked. That was it. It was like, I have to know everything about this. I have to find out if maybe there's other ways too. you know, now that I know that there's an herbal solution, maybe there are other solutions. And so that was uh, when I first started, that was my first introduction to natural medicine. And when I first started becoming interested in learning about different natural modalities and how I could apply them to my life. And then from there, that led to wanting to help other people. And that's you know when I started my education and training in natural medicine so that I could work with clients. Um, but yeah, that's where it began was through my own experience of chronic illness how wonderful for it to make that transformation
0: from something that ailed you and caused you significant grief into mm-hmm. you know something that you overcame and then as you know many of us often experience we usually we often will do what we've been able to find or give to ourselves we then want to give to
1: others right exactly yeah and that kind of follows through with why i now am focusing on working with women in midlife because i came to natural medicine in my Um, Early to mid 20s, after that pivotal moment. By the time I started going into perimenopause, I already had a couple of decades of being able to work on my health through nutrition, through herbal medicine, through homeopathy, and through energy work. So when I came into perimenopause, I had already healed a lot of old patterns and a lot of these cycles of illness. And so I was very healthy going into it. And I still definitely had some challenges, but I had the tools that I needed. And I felt empowered to be able to take responsibility for my health. And I, you know, I knew which tools to use.
0: I was going to ask really quick, could you share with us what is perimenopause? Perimenopause. Yeah. You mentioned it can start at 35. Uh, which I just turned 36 this past Mm -hmm. weekend. And you said there's tools. So I would love for you to share with the audience, for those of us in this age range, about what it looks like and what are some of the tools
1: you used. Absolutely, absolutely. So happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) Um, And yes, so, so perimenopause is the phase that a woman goes through before her last period. This phase can last up to 10 years or so. Or it can be as short as you know maybe one or two years, but it's the phase where your hormones start shifting; they start fluctuating because when your periods stop, that's because our hormones have shifted because we're now um, at the end of our reproductive phase of our lives, and and our hormones and there are many of them, but specifically you know estrogen and progesterone decrease. And that's what causes our our period to eventually stop. But our hormones can start that process of decreasing and they can be fluctuating up and down depending on what we're eating and our stress levels. And they're all driven by our major hormones of insulin and cortisol. And cortisol, as many of, of us know, is sometimes called the stress hormone. So, stress is a really big driver of a lot of the symptoms that we can experience because of these fluctuating hormones. If our cortisol level is really high, that affects all the other hormones. And so, stress reduction and all the different natural modalities that we can use to reduce stress is a a huge foundation for how to sail through this. Phase with ease and with joy so perimenopause is when all of our hormones are fluctuating can last up to 10 years menopause we actually don't know when we're in menopause until we're through it because menopause is defined as having a full year a full 12 months of no menstrual cycle so we don't know that until we're at the end of those twelve months, and then we can look back and say, "Oh, I was in menopause last year. <laughs> I've had a full year of of having no no menstrual cycle." And then the period beyond that, um, where your menstrual cycle is completely stopped and you don't have it again, that is post menopause. Mm-hmm. So menopause is only a year, and so that's that's the full range of of the of this of the phase of perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. And so some of these tools that we can use that help us to balance those fluctuations as we're going through these phases, they can be, you know, meditation and mindfulness. And there's so many different ways that we can meditate and be mindful. And we've touched on some of them, you know, dance. That can be a form of meditation and movement and being present you know, having mindfulness practices that we bring into our daily lives through, through r- rituals, you know, every morning we can have, um, a morning ritual where we bring a mindfulness practice of, you know, gratitude or something like that. Um, or ha- or creating a bedtime ritual where we bring some meditation practices in or having them sprinkled throughout the day. Those are really, really important and can make, really huge impacts. And then we can use, um, tools like, like nourishment. How do we nurture our bodies through food? And we can learn which foods are, um, going to support our, um, balanced hormones, herbs. You know, there are many herbs that we can use that will help us balance our hormones. There are also herbs that we can use to help us strengthen our liver, Addressing your liver in perimenopause, and menopause is really important because our liver has to process and detox everything that comes into our bodies, including our hormones. So when our hormones are fluctuating wildly, our liver gets overloaded. So, you know, focusing on, you know, using some liver herbs to help nourish our liver or using adaptogens, which is a category of herbs that helps our body adapt to stress using energy exercises or energetic vi- remedies vibrational remedies like flower essences or homeopathy these are all different tools that we can have in our toolbox so that as we go into perimenopause we can acknowledge that oh i think that was a hot flash you know i might be starting to have hot flashes or um you know i seem to be gaining a little bit more weight around my belly but i haven't Changed my diet or my exercise. So, what's going on here? You know, these little things can be signs that we're going into perimenopause and our hormones are starting to fluctuate. And if we can recognize those right at the beginning, we can make those changes that are going to make that process a lot easier and a lot more comfortable for us. Okay, absolutely. And I imagine these are things that you work with
0: your clients on is this what you want? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yes. Yes. We, I work um, on all of these things and more. One of the things that's really important is to be able to um, understand which ones are going to be most helpful for your unique needs, because every woman is different. So every woman is going to need to find out which particular herbs work best for her, which particular foods she needs. Due to her constitution, due to her lifestyle, and maybe you know, other cofactors in her life. So it's not a, a blanket one size fits all. It, it's something that is very individualized and very personalized so that we can cover all our bases. And so we can say that, okay, you know there's no one best diet for everybody based on all of these things that are going on with you and you know these assessments and value evaluations that we can do these these are the foods that are probably going to be um, most balancing for you and you know these are the this is the herbal combination that is going to fit your unique situation or this is the homeopathic remedy that fits your entire picture and can you know help your body find homeostasis and balance
0: now when you when you work with clients is it it sounds like it's a mix was it is a mix of your own personal experience what you found you spoke before about you know you realized you were going through perimenopause what what did you do did you did you come to the point where you needed to seek out guidance as well or did you just find things on your own or did you start taking courses that early or what was your Progression like in that?
1: Right. That's a great question. Well, as I was mentioning, you know, by the time I was going into perimenopause, I already had a really strong foundation of health. And so I feel like my um, symptoms were not as strong or as uncomfortable as many other women that I know and that I work with. And I think it is because I had such a strong foundation, but um, I definitely did experience some challenges. And because I have already been trained previously as a traditional naturopath, um, as a master herbalist, as um, a homeopath, I already had these tools available for me. So, you know, I I had that education and experience to know which things were going to be most helpful for me. You know, I already had a, a homeopathic constitutional remedy that I know that I can take whenever I'm experiencing any sort of illness. I can always go back to my homeopathic constitutional remedy. Um, I've already had plenty of experience with working with flower essences and herbal uh, remedies and nutrition and what works with me and my body. And that's really important is to know what works with your body. And so another additional piece that I really bring in when I work with women is is connecting to your intuition because your body, all of these symptoms are just your body sending you messages. And if you know how to listen to those messages, and if you're connected to your intuition, then you can address it right away. And our body tends to give us these messages in little whispers at the beginning. But if we don't hear those whispers and we don't listen to those messages, then our body needs to send us louder messages and louder and louder messages. And the louder those messages are, the more uncomfortable and painful they can get. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, that's definitely a topic that comes up often
0: on this show is women's intuition, how to hear your intuition, how to connect with your intuition. How, what do you recommend? What do you tell your clients when when they're not, feel like they're disconnected from their intuition, when they feel like, I have no idea what my body needs. I don't know why this keeps happening. One example that I'd love to hear your take on is, you know, the third portion of your business is in addition to natural health and natural movement is natural beauty. And I know something that I struggle with a lot and a lot of people is skin, is breakouts, acne. And, you know, it feels like, I don't know what my body's trying to tell me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to understand that. So do you have a way to, you know, offer that intuition in those terms of something's kind of coming up for us and we don't know why, how do we kind of connect? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really great question. And there's a couple of things that I want to unpack there. And number one is... Your first question of, you know, how do I help women connect to their intuition? That goes back to several of the modalities that we've already talked about. Um, One in particular is connecting to nature Mm -hmm. because that is our nature is, as women, is to be intuitive. You know, the feminine energy is a flowing, intuitive, receptive energy. So going back to nature, As you know, our nature as women, connecting with nature will connect us with our own nature. And so using that as meditation to connect to your inner wisdom and connect your intuition, whether that's going for a hike in the mountains, going for a walk on the beach, or just, you know, walking your dog, you know, your dog is part of nature and really doing that with intention, you know, maybe watering your plants plants on your windowsill. If you do these things with intention, that's going to not only connect you with, with nature, but with your own nature and with your own intuition. Another really powerful way and very effective way um, that I work with women is to um, work with them through breath work, you know, connecting to your, to your inner self through your breath breath brings us back to the present moment and it brings us back to our body because that's the primal thing that is shows us that we're alive. You know, if we're not breathing, we're not alive. But if we're breathing, we're alive. That's like one of the central things to life. And so if we can connect back to our breath, that connects us to our body, which strengthens that connection to our inner wisdom. Then you, you gave the example of skin issues One of the things that I know through my training of natural medicine is that everything in your body is connected. You know, skin issues are not isolated. It's always connected to what else is going on in your body. And that's one of the the key foundational principles of natural healing is to understand those connections and skin issues are connected to your liver. Because your liver is your first organ of detoxification. But when it gets overloaded, the second organ of detoxification is skin. So anything that your liver can't process, then your skin has to process. And so that's the first piece is knowing these connections. And so if you're very connected with your body and you're having skin issues, you might meditate, you might do whatever it is that you have found. That brings you back to that place of stillness. And you might get that message that, you know, maybe you just need to support your liver right now a little bit. Or maybe, and that might be through food. You know, you might be eating something that your body is not able to handle. Or it could be that you're starting to go through perimenopause and you've got all these hormone fluctuations and your liver can't process it. It's getting overloaded. So it's coming out in your skin. But that's kind of, the basis of where you start and how you acknowledge these connections and you acknowledge that you have the wisdom, you know, through our, our ancestors used to have this wisdom. You know, we all knew how to take care of ourselves. We all knew what food to eat, what herbs to use when we weren't well, this was something that still in some societies, they still have that ancestral wisdom because it was passed down Unfortunately for us, um, for most of us, it was not passed down, but we still can access that ancestral wisdom and doing that through meditation, I think is um, one of the most powerful ways. Thank you so much for that.
0: That is such an insightful and helpful explanation into sort of what's going on. And I just love how your business just weaves together these three components you know, with the the beauty and the health and the movement and with, through the beauty, you also do your own makeup line. Is that right? Yes,
1: I I do. Um, I have, um, I've had my own line of mineral makeup for 20 years now and that actually grew out of my very first trainings in herbalism. At that time in my mid twenties, I was not ready to, become an herbalist and help other people with their health problems. But I wanted to use my knowledge some in some way. And so I started my business then making herbal handcrafted soaps and I sold them at the local farmer's market. And then I kind of dabbled in um, body care products and then, you know, skin care products, facial care products. And over a period of nine years of selling at the local farmer's market, I had built up a pretty loyal clientele and I realized that one of the things that they kept asking me over and over again is, you know, you have everything else, but where do we go for natural makeup? And at that time, there just were not very many really pure natural makeup brands. And so I spent a a year in research and development and came up with my own line of completely natural, healthy mineral makeup. And when I debuted the brand, it became like 90% of my sales within the first six months. And so I just streamlined and I focused on, on the um, natural look, mineral makeup line. Um, and really, it came out of my desire to create a, a fully healthy, natural lifestyle. You know, you can't just be concerned about what's going in your body. You also have to think about what's, what you're putting on your body. And I wanted an option for people who were concerned about that and wanted the purest and most healthiest makeup that they could use because I think makeup is a great um, source of creativity. And for me, it's always been a very artistic process to wear wear makeup. Um, It's a way to express yourself very creatively. And so I myself wanted that option of having a truly pure um, makeup line that I could trust. And so I created it. That's so awesome. You did it. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. You've done so much. Well, I
0: can't wait to check out your makeup because I could definitely use some natural, healthy makeup. Because I, I too see, I, I love doing my makeup. I love blending colors and matching them with my outfit. But it feels good to put something on your skin, as you said, that is good for your body, that your body appreciates healthy.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I really feel like, you know, blending the natural health with the natural beauty and the natural movement is a really um, seamless way to weave all these various uh, things together into a truly healthy foundation for a natural lifestyle that uh, that allows you to feel vibrant and feel Vivacious and feel like you're just ready to bring your gifts to the world
0: totally. And thank you so much, Vanessa, for creating this and, and encouraging women to embrace that this is possible, it's more than possible, it's accessible and it's ready to us for us yes. to experience everything you're saying right now. It can apply to someone whether they're, you know, in their thirties or into their sixties and past premenopause or in menopause or after, you know, everybody wants that experience of a vibrant, empowered and impactful life. And we don't have to wait until any certain point for that to
1: happen. Absolutely. Do it now. Start now. <laughs> yeah. Do it
0: now. So I really appreciate that you encourage that so much. And I just love that idea. And I, personally, I'm already feeling so much better about menopause. I'm totally feeling fine with it whenever it may come. You also gave me some great insights that I I might be in perimenopause because I've had some sort of hormonal jumps and stuff in the past year that kind of I didn't understand. And it could be just that. So thank you for that. Because again, it's, it's not something that people talk about. I didn't even know what perimenopause is. And that's important <laughs> because most people don't. We, we act as if we're not all women aren't going to go through this. We just don't talk about it. Right. (laughs) So bizarre. So thank you for that. And also I'd love for you to share with the audience about the event you have coming up where you're going to be talking about six keys to
1: menopause. Yes, absolutely. So I have a masterclass coming up called six keys to embrace menopause, where I am going to be talking about many of the things that we talked about today. And I have six particular keys or areas of modalities and tools and techniques that you can use to embrace this phase that will help you to make it a much more joyful experience. And within these six keys, I have various um, practices. So in all, I'm giving you like 13 practices that you can use put to put in your own toolbox that you can use to create a, a healthier lifestyle. And um, yeah, this is a masterclass, it's online, it's virtual, so you can attend from anywhere in the world, and I'm having it at two separate times so that people in different time zones can attend. The first one is Thursday, September 30th at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and the second one is um, Saturday, October 2nd at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I've given you the link for that. So you can share that with your audience. And I would love to, to see you or any of your audience there. And one other thing I just want to mention really quickly about that is that this is a donation based masterclass and I am um, donating all of the proceeds to a charity. It's a nonprofit organization called charity water because I personally believe that the, one of the best ways to help women and children around the world who are in um, developing countries is to ensure their access to clean water. That's the very first thing. So many women spend every day, all day, just going to find clean water and bringing it back to their families. And just think of the enormous impact that those women could make if they didn't have to do that. So I think it starts there when we're talking about health and when we're talking about women and making an impact. And so I really want uh, a way to give back. And so this is the way that I've chosen to give back for this particular masterclass. So an amazing event for a wonderful cause. Well, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. And I will definitely be there and I'll put the link for the event uh, in the show
1: notes so people can reserve a spot. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on um, the show today so that we can talk about this and we can kind of normalize this conversation, get this this kind of foundational understanding out to more women that this this is natural and it's normal and it's what's supposed to happen. And it can be um, really empowering and really powerful in our lives.
0: Absolutely. And again, I'm just so grateful that you're out there having these conversations and generating this dialogue around this topic because this is how change happens. You know, I'm a big believer that change begins with conversation. First, we speak of it and then we bring it forth. You know, then it becomes action. I truly believe there will be a day when, when we are in a place that menopause is revered as something wonderful, you know, mm-hmm. that it is embraced, grace, that it is celebrated and cherished and seen as sacred, and that people will say, I can't wait. <laughs> I know menopause. I've really made it. <laughs> I've made it to yes. my, my wise woman self when I've crossed that menopause threshold. So thank yes. you for, for bringing those ideas out into the public space. And Vanessa, just thank you so much for being on the show. You know, what we've talked about, this conversation has been inspiring. It's been very informative, but it's also been very comforting, you know, uh-huh. to, to think of things in a different way to think of these changes of these inevitable experiences that women will have in aging differently.
1: You're so welcome. And Let's continue the conversation.
0: Definitely. Definitely. I'd love to have you back. Wonderful. Another time to hear more. And I look forward to your event in a few weeks. Thank you so much. All right, Vanessa. Well, thanks again. Great to have you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Whitney. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts
1: and magic.